All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson, and our special guest, Mrs. IFBB Pro, Laura Bedson. How are we doing, guys? Great. Good. What kind of animals do we feel like today? Uh, Laura, go, go first. first. I prepped for this okay. 10 seconds ago, and Tyler asked me that same question, and I said, whichever one screams. So I asked Siri, what's what animals are known for their screaming. So koala came up number one. No way. So I'm going for koala. But number two, I have to let everyone know, was actually a squirrel, um, which is what I was last time. So okay. I'm keeping the same energy. Chaos. For sure. Okay, small mammals. That's kind of where I always lie to. Tyler? I'm going to go with gopher today. Ooh. I feel like those are just, I don't know, really cool. Um, they're, you know, rarely seen, which I don't leave the house most much. Yeah, but you know, is it are gophers the ones that like um they they see their shadow? It's a groundhog. That's what I was going to be. Yeah. Okay, well you beat me to it because I thought gophers were groundhogs. <laughs> I feel uh I feel reclusive like a groundhog. I don't leave I don't leave my are house. Very often. Are diglets groundhogs? That's a Pokemon. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> diglets are so on cool. A true though. life story sort of deal. What? If you hold on to a Diglett, all of Pokemon, and evolve them, they are so badass. It's all about patience. So, like, don't they just turn into like three Diglets? Yeah, they turn. <laughs> well, no, then they turn into a massive Diglett, like one singular well, then, jacked AF Diglett. Then you have more more Diglett than when you started with, and that's the goal. I remember exactly. back in the day, whenever I collected Pokemon cards, for some reason, like when 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 people would ask me what's your favorite Pokemon card, I would always be like, this one, it'd be Diglett. <laughs> I had I had <laughs> I think I had three binders full of Pokemon cards. Some I don't know where they're at at this point, but my dad. Oh no! Are you kidding me? Already, <laughs> already. <laughs> so um, that was a record, guys. Uh, we made it two minutes in before WebEx decided that uh, the conversation of Pokemon wasn't deemed worthy of being recorded. So um, I guess we'll just move on. I don't, I don't know what to do because I had so much to talk about. I got really excited to talk about Pokemon. My uh, for another day. Yeah, <laughs> so, sorry guys, that's a little teaser. Pokemon fucking <laughs> rocks. It's the best. Um, so today we've got a hot topic in this fitness industry. Um, I will preface by saying none of us three are medical professionals, and we do not condone or advise the use of anabolic steroids. But that is what we're going to discuss. Is performance-enhancing drugs, but specifically in the female realm of this competition circuit. And that's why we wanted to get a female opinion, perspective on this as well, um, just to kind of get a variety of stances on usage and also how the industry has changed. Because we've obviously seen these divisions grow and be developed, and it's changed the criteria and expectations of how these ladies look on stage and what will win a show. And obviously that in return is obviously kind of in certain ways condoned and pushed more usage in certain cases for people who are potentially impatient. So kind of want to open the floor to you guys. What are your thoughts? Because you've obviously been in this a little bit longer than I have as far as competing goes. Um, right off the bat, I think we should just start talking about the way that these divisions, female divisions specifically have, sort of quote unquote changed over the years as far as muscularity. So like bikini is a great one to start with, yeah. you know? So when bikini first came out, you know, it was more so in my opinion, at least kind of this look of 
the most fit chick in the gym. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, just very like a, a nice sort of very soft feminine sort of, sort of a little bit more muscularity than I guess the average woman, but overall very soft. Right. And now we're seeing this shift to, again, in my opinion, these more muscular bikini girls where we're seeing women like Laura Lee Chapatos, who's very much a standard right now, as far as the bikini division goes. And she had to downsize her glutes even because she was adding so much muscle on, you know? So it's, um, it, it's very much different now than it had been in years past for sure. Yeah. That's, that's fact. It's like you look at 10 years ago or not even 10 years ago, I feel like bikini came out and the, the first Olympia winner for bikini would be what you would see as an average girl on the beach these days. Yeah. And yeah. now it's turned into something where it's like, first of all, very genetically based, mm -hmm. but these girls are having to get very, very in shape and in comparison much harder. And that's across all, like all divisions, you know, you look at figure and you look at, you know, women's physique and every single division has gotten dramatically bigger as far as muscularity mm -hmm. and a lot more separation in the muscle with a lot more conditioning. Yeah. So in a way, it's a lot harder to get to the criteria of what is expected and what is winning now. Yeah. I, and I feel like, too, especially with like bikini, you're I feel like it's also dependent on the show as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like bikini judging sometimes confuses me because I've seen it go. So they've said some girls are too hard and some girls are too soft and some are too muscular and some aren't muscular enough where I still feel like there's kind of a little bit of inconsistency in the judging standard. But relatively speaking of what the standard is now versus five years ago, 10 years ago is night and day. I mean, like 10 years ago when bikini was first introduced, it was kind of like especially at like a regional level, it could just be like any girl who's worked out just needs to learn how to pose. And she probably had right. a good chance of at least placing well, if not winning. But obviously like anything else, you get more and more people competing. The standard obviously has to continue to be raised, but it's like at what point has the bar been set too high and it needs to be lowered in certain regards. Yeah. And I, I want to touch on like the variability you kind of mentioned across like judging criteria as far as bikini specifically I guess goes you know I, and I, I think that what's important to remember here is it's not always that the judges judge differently because mm -hmm. they're given a certain set of criteria that they have to follow as well right so yeah. it's more so like what do they have in front of them mm -hmm. um, to judge because they can only judge what's up there right we see mm -hmm. the standard that is set every year at the, the Olympia right because like Jennifer Dory for example who's Miss Bikini Olympia that's the standard that's what the judges are looking for that is what the olympia judges told us that they are looking for moving mm -hmm. forward laura lee chapatos is a close second she got second at the olympia and she's now miss bikini international because she won the arnold so there's another standard to look at so when these are the type of uh athletes or type of bodies as far as the bikini division goes that we are looking for if that doesn't show up present on the stage we then kind of have to i don't want to say regress i don't think that's fair but more so kind of revert to okay, what kind of bikini look are we looking at today? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. So I think that that's important for people to remember as we go through this discussion of, you know, are is the judging criteria moving more towards muscular bodies? Yeah, sure. But also remember, please, no audience member that's, you know, listening to this right now ever just sort of resort to, 
well, the judges didn't like my look today. No, they're always looking for a certain criteria. For sure. Did you yeah. fit that criteria? You Absolutely. know, so let's remember that one also moving forward. That's um, a really good point. That's listening. a really good point. Yeah. yeah, I think too, it's it's crazy to think about this, but even like you look at the five, six years ago, Olympia winner in bikini, and honestly, you put them in a national level um, event in a class at that same conditioning they had six years ago, and they'd probably get third call outs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, and it, it's wild to think about that, but it's like, that's how dramatically things have changed. And so I see why a lot of females are going the route of like, I need to use something mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I want to be successful in this sport, which in my opinion, isn't always the case, mm -hmm. um, especially with like bikini. Um, I think bikini is one of the the ones and, you know, some girls in figure and wellness, naturally they are just shaped like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they have the competitive advantage, but I think some girls think that they need to use all of this extra supplementation or they're not going to be successful. Right. More is not always more. If, if you have somebody in your corner, on your side, on your team, a coach, right, who knows how to kind of help you navigate that sort of process, who is smart about recommending sort, certain, you know, routes to go, then that's great. But if you are more on like the side of, you know, throw everything you got at me because I think that more is going to get me there quicker than you are probably, first of all, not mature enough to be doing anything anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But second of all, pump the brakes and keep your health in mind, first and foremost. Like, are you doing something to your body that's going to be irreversible, such as, you know, for females, androgynous effects from, you know, certain things that their coach or whoever wants them to run? You know, yeah. that, that's so silly to sacrifice how you look as far as like the way your face is are you growing excess facial hair has your voice deepened all that stuff like that's just not you don't you don't need to run that much you know less yeah. is more in, I, I, in most cases yeah a couple points there like we, we talked about it when tyler and i were discussing our stances on peds if this was just a game of who can take the most and that's who will be the best we this would be a, you know see what i'm saying like right, it yeah. would just be a matter of how many pills can you take and how much can you load in syringe but that's obviously not the case right? right it's not more is more especially in a female perspective like like from a male perspective like i know my limitations and i choose to be conservative with it but i also know that if i have a side effect i can mitigate said side effect but for a female it is a permanent effect it is mm -hmm. an effect it cannot be reversed once you're vocal cords thicken and your voice drops two or three octaves, it's not coming back. Right. Right. Like once your cheekbones start to change and your jawline starts to sharpen, it's not coming back. You know, so that's something that you have to consider. Like we have males have a little bit more privilege in the sense when it comes to PEDs, where again, we kind of have a safety net within reason. Obviously there's still caveats to that with like your internal health, but from like mm -hmm. an aesthetic point of view, right? Like I don't have to worry about my my vocal cords deepening, and I couldn't care if they did. But right. like, from a female perspective, there's a lot more risk comparatively to the reward that you're trying to seek. So you have For to be sure. a lot more responsible with that. Yeah, and I think that that's a, an important thing to really keep in mind, especially in like I'm I'm a I'm a figure pro, right? So in my division, I feel like we walk this really fine line between muscularity and femininity, and you've got to be obviously more muscular as far as you know evenly distributed on the top and bottom goes then like bikini or wellness um as far as the amount of muscle as well um but you also have to 
maintain, in my opinion, a certain look up top, right? As far as your face goes, like they yeah. really re like to see in my experience, you know, um, feminine looking, just still really soft and, you know, f feminine. I'm just yeah, going to beat that word face, to death. Um, you know? Face. Yeah. With a really impressive muscular symmetrical physique. Can mm -hmm. you make this muscle look right so it's uh it's, it's a hard line to walk but you need to find that balance in order to be successful and a lot of it comes down to time you know like we've continued yeah. to talk about like your body can only put on so much muscle so quickly no matter what you throw at it right Even if you have every if you're checking every box you are the most perfect athlete on paper from a physiological standpoint you can only change and adapt so quickly so it's like if you want to be Let's say you want to be a figure pro or whatever it may be, like understand that a, one cycle is probably not going to be the answer to get you there. And especially abusing drugs will not be the way to get you there. Like it's still, this just takes time, right? Like there's a reason that we admire and respect pros is because it is not easily attainable. And part of that beyond the effort is the time invested and drugs will not expedite the process as quickly as I think a lot of people fantasize and think that they will. Yeah, it's not these things we like you said romanticize them. We put them up on a pedestal and it's not like they're this magical, you know, pill that Cosmo and Wanda dreamed up for us one day when we made a wish. You know, you're not going to pop that in your mouth. You're not going to put that syringe in your body somewhere and then all of a sudden you'll wake up with muscles in in mm. places you've never had muscles before. That's not how it works. You got to put in the work on the back end as well. Which mm -hmm. which I think a lot of females don't realize and even some of their coaches are preaching stuff that's kind of, you know, just a little bit more too much. Mm -hmm. right? You know, and and with I with bikini wellness even most figure, it's a lot of like controlling estrogen. Mm -hmm. and possibly using a fat burner it's not really a ton of anabolics and i think right. that's what most people don't realize like a lot of these girls already have the muscle needed it's just making sure they have a refined physique and and where i would start with a lot of people and what i always recommend is i'm like go get your blood work done and make sure the the main things are optimal make sure your testosterone levels are in an optimal spot this doesn't mean make them high and off the charts right. it means make sure you're normal to put where they need to be range yeah. Make sure that your estrogen levels are in a normal range. Make sure your progesterone's in a good range. And then make sure your thyroid is working. And normally a lot of this, just doing that, is going to help you put on the muscle you need. And then when it comes to actually cutting for a competition, we've had plenty of girls do it naturally. Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, and, and as long as those levels are optimal, it is definitely possible to become pro naturally. Of course, yeah. females are using some things, you know. But I think the poison comes from the dose and bad advice from somebody who's just not very educated on the sport or doesn't care about keeping the femininity of somebody just body trigger happy. Yeah. Well, another sure. thing too that we haven't even discussed, we didn't even think to talk about this, but like, especially if like, if you're on birth control, go get your blood work done. Oh um, yeah. That's something that we haven't even considered. Like we didn't even think about talking about before we, we started this. Like if you're on birth control like that can cause obviously a massive hindrance to your hormone production and ratios and that's yeah. something to look yeah. at as well you know especially if yeah. you want to prep for a show yeah if you're estrogen dominant as far as you know most most hormonal oh my gosh hormonal birth controls are going to make most females estrogen dominant that's mm -hmm. the way it works that's how it prevents 
pregnancy, okay? So when you are estrogen dominant, it makes it so much harder to lose fat for women. A lot of these stubborn areas are on the lower belly and the butt and the hamstrings, okay? And it's really hard, especially from, you know, talking from experience to get the glutes and the hamstrings to really come in the way that they should. So it's really important to consider your birth control when you go into a prep and kind of you know, talk with your coach about what you're going to be on or use. Um, that way you can make sure you're optimizing your time on this cycle and using the appropriate things. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I said, if you're estrogen dominant, it's going to be a lot harder to lose stubborn fat, but it, in a lot of cases, it, it's harder to put on muscle in some time, in some cases as well. Um, it can also really fuck with your mood if you're estrogen dominant, right? You could be even quote unquote crazier in prep because your your hormones are just all fucked up right so these are all important things to consider when putting any sort of foreign substance in your body consider what you're already taking and yeah. how that's going to interfere with what's already going on in your body yeah 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 i think it's one of those things too it's like you might have to decide if and again this is not me condoning it like it's obviously your body your choice of like if you even take it during birth control during prep right right like that's something you might have to consider too, because it might take that in order to achieve the look you're you're you know seeking. A thousand yeah. percent. Which I think there are some birth controls that you can take that have better results on you know physique changes. Like for for example, like Paragard, like a copper IUD is often like a better choice if you you know must stay on birth control. Like we're not trying to tell people like you have to get off birth control. Yeah, no. You know that, that's never something we want to like enforce, but it is like with your goals as a physique competitor, sometimes for some females that can be the best option if they're trying to achieve a certain level of a physique. For sure. For sure. But going back to like the poisons and the dosage, you know what I mean? Like we've, we've right. seen it and even the duration that you're on something as well. Like I just had someone come to me recently who their coach had her on Anavar for eight months straight. And like, so she had to go get prescribed TRT and progesterone because her hormone balance was just entirely out of whack, mm -hmm. right? Like, in what world does someone need to be on Anavar for eight months? Does anybody, male or female, need to be on that for eight months? But it goes back to it. These coaches are just like, you were seeing it. A lot of coaches are just trigger happy to just, well, I think know. it comes from, from lack of education as Absolutely. well, as well as trigger happy, you know, it's I, what we've been seeing more and more often, you know, as the years go on are just these, let's call a spade a spade, negligent coaches mm -hmm. who, you know, want the dub so bad, you know, they want that recognition so bad from ha putting an athlete up on stage or whatever. But if your athlete comes in looking dumpy because you put them on XYZ thing because you thought that that was correct because your coach did that with you at some point, that's strike one right there, brother. Like you're already, you're already fucking up. You're already yeah. putting someone else's health at risk. You're putting their look at risk. You're potentially turning somebody off from the sport for forever, if not for a bad experience, maybe even rhabdo, right? That's yeah. not even worth it. So <clears throat> lack of education is the big one for me. And and also, like I said, repeating what, you know, possibly they, they got, a protocol they got from a coach early on in their bodybuilding career. You know what I mean? I've seen that countless copying times. Copying something. Yeah. Copying a cycle. Yeah. I've I've seen that countless times where where yeah. you're you're seeing 
it's like the high school football strength coach thing I always talk about, like the high school football coach that sticks around because his high school glory, those were his glory days and For he sure. learned from a stupid coach and now he's teaching these kids and the kid, someone's going to stay. See what I'm saying? Where it's like the same repeated method of like an uneducated right. gear heavy coach learned it from an uneducated gear heavy coach. And a, a lot of times it's not even that they learned anything. They just get presented a list of a protocol and they go, okay, this worked for me. And it was definitely like above and beyond what's ever needed to be taken. I'm going to give this to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I watched, yeah. we talked about it on our podcast. I watched a local coach to my area, put four guys on the same drug protocol, four different divisions, right. four guys doing the same show. And his, that protocol was the one that he ran from his coach. Yeah. It's lazy. It's negligent. It's immoral. It's a lot of different things. It's fucked up is what it really boils down to, but it's prevalent, unfortunately. But we're in a yeah. position now too, is like as a community, like there's a, there are enough resources out there that discuss a, the proper ethical. I put a I'll put an asterisk beside that ethical way to approach these things. It's yeah. not like we're guessing anymore, right? There's right. enough information out there to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one thing with us is like we we really want to educate people on what people are using first. Let them make their own decision on it as well like tell them what's being used educate them on it let them do their own research and let them make their own decisions because there are always going to be small repercussions to some of this and risks Mm -hmm. but overall there's a better way to do it safely so that you aren't causing any of these virilization effects that a lot of people are getting and it's crazy man because i'm getting you know clients of mine that plan on doing wellness or bikini next year and they'll send me a video of a bikini girl talking and explaining how to do an exercise and their voice is so deep deeper than mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, and they're like, well, this happened to me. And I'm like, no, that's, that's just, you know, negligence on the coach's part, most likely for telling them to use too much or even worse, somebody possibly sold them something that wasn't what they said it was. Yeah. Heavy on that one. And I know not even just in the bodybuilding industry, but even in like powerlifting, you know, there's been instances of, um, people within that community selling other people and labeling it as, you know, maybe Anavar, for example, but actually what they're getting is Winstrel. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that is so horribly unethical. I can't even begin to describe it to you. And it's like if you're – and that's the thing with a sport too. Like if – depending on the, the route you choose to to purchase these things, it's not like you can go call the cops. Right. You know what I mean? Oh. And so the people who are making it know that and they don't give a shit. It's profit margins for them. So if one's cheaper than the other, what are they going to do? Like they don't have morals either, right? Like that's the scary part of this is like – Again, like we talked about in the last episode, talking about this, like this becomes this is a game of reaction. Mm-hmm. You take it, you see what happens, and you hope for the best. But ultimately, yeah. you're opening up Pandora's box. So sourcing is becoming a, a, a very much a prevalent issue in this industry of like not that's, knowing and kind of hoping, and that's well, that's, that's like, not okay. That's one thing. It's like you know somebody could be looking for Primo E, which is a very common you know f- used female injectable. But it's also very rare to find, first of all, if it's real. So it's often faked. And you often could be getting a, a Pandora's box of random something else. Like you could be getting test prop or you could be getting equipoise or even like DECA and not Primo E. Or nothing so, at all. 
or nothing at all. You're right. And it's just like, which would be the better case in that situation. So these people are thinking they're getting one thing and somebody out there is like completely ripping them off and giving them something that's going to cause a ton of negative side effects. And the truth of the matter is they just don't care. Yeah. It's, you know, it's unregulated and they know they're getting money from it. I do know now I'm looking it up right now. Um, I do know now you can actually buy test kits. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily test the potency, but it does test what is in said, yeah. you know, whatever you purchased. And I think at the very least it's, I'm looking up the price right now. Excuse me, guys. You're looking at $115 for peace of mind. Uh, which yeah. as, a, as a female, that's, you know, making sure that you're keeping your femininity is very important because if you happen to be using something in your prep and you're, you're, you're going to go in a competition, some of these things could completely stall your progress or give you the complete different effects of what you're looking for. And even like worse, give you side effects that are irreversible. Yeah. And, and, and some of those side effects too will actually worsen your placing. Same applies for males though. Like, if if someone goes on stage, like as a male, for example, and has a ton of like cystic acne scars all over their body or have has like really bad gynecomastia, like they are going to place you worse because you are like a like a you're just a walking side effect for a you know, gear abuse. The same thing applies for females. Like there's a certain look where they're like, Oh, that's not it. Like you will get so it's like it just goes back to it of like there are potential consequences that we all face in what we're choosing to do. And this is a very big risk and we haven't even gotten into the internal health side of things. So it's like, you have to be weary of these things. And I think also the biggest thing, if you have a coach who, you know, you all are having the discussion of PEDs or they've brought it up to you and you ask questions and they can't give you one quantifiable answers in return, or they are dismissive of your questions, comments, concerns, leave your fucking coach. Yeah. Leave your fucking coach. For sure. For sure. And this is something like recently um, I have a client of mine who reached out to me with concern for a friend of hers who is not coached by me. She's coached by somebody else. That girl reached out to my client with concern about the cycle that her coach is wanting her to run. Um, this particular girl is a female or sorry, a bikini, obviously a bikini competitor, right? And she texted my client and showed her the cycle. And she was like, I am very nervous about this. Um, I really would like a second opinion. Um, would you mind maybe reaching out to your coach and getting her opinion on this? Because I'm very concerned for my health, mm -hmm. which I think is a very mature and responsible thing to do. Number one, if you're ever wary of the cycle that your coach or whoever is having you run or is proposed that you run, get a second opinion and let like get that peace of mind, right? Like it is never going to harm anything in any sort of way to just get a second opinion that your health is not going to immediately go out the window if you try to run this ridiculous cycle that this person has given you. Anyway, so yeah. she sent me the cycle and I chatted about it with Tyler because it was kind of concerning to me. And I asked Tyler what his thoughts were and we both agreed and we sent back our like my feedback about it. And I was like, look, I don't think that this is going to be optimal for you. I actually think it will have more negative side effects than you think it's going to have or that you're hoping it's going to have. Um, and she reached back out to her coach, not saying that like, you know, she went and was asking, you know, 
everyone's, you know, sister, mother, brother, what their thoughts were, but mm -hmm. she was just kind of like, Hey, I, and she also did her own research, right? So she looked into it. She was reading up on the stuff that this person was trying to get her to take. And she reached back out to this person and was like, Hey, I was, you know, doing my own research on it. Um, I am kind of wary of it. I have read certain things about, you know, the, you know, androgynous effects that this could have on me and how irreversible they are. And she was like, just being straight up with you. I don't want to lose my femininity. I don't really want to look more like a man if these were to have negative, you know, side effects. Yeah. And he sent back a red flag message and basically literally the end of that message said, LOL, stop researching, which is uh, run, you know, run. Just get the, get the fuck out. Like run that fast. is so concerning um there's like multiple red flags on that play so if your coach has prescribed something to you and number one you feel the urgency to go ask somebody else about it because you're scared and then two you voice your concerns to that coach about your health um and they immediately say stop looking into it you need another coach and someone who actually knows the answers to give you because Number one, his response was not only inappropriate and un unprofessional, it was unintelligent and misinformed, or uninformed, rather. He yes. clearly just didn't have anything else to say back to her about it, about how it was going to affect her or this, that, and the other. And then he actually even, you know, kind of compared apples to oranges as far as certain PEDs he was even talking about later or earlier on in that message, which, another red flag. It's, uh, it's wild. Very uneducated. I think... As, just in general, if if I I not how do I word this? I like when clients ask me questions. Just in general, this isn't even pertinent to to PE yeah. usage because it shows that they have they care. And I like when they tell me they've done their own research. And I love to have open dialogue about that because I love talking about this. At no point, if you question your coach's intelligence about any subject matter and they get defensive like that, fucking run. Yeah, right. like that's ego and pride and everything else like this, like that just anyways, I know what coach you're referring to and he's a dingbat. But anyways, it's yeah. fine. If the coach okay. is automatically on defense mode. You that's an a immediate light bulb in your head that they don't have an intelligent answer to give you. Yeah, especially about a life altering decision that you were For sure. like, yeah, that's that's like we said, the issue is a lot of times is these coaches don't have an education on what they're prescribing. You know, they, they don't have any experience coaching females. So I've, I've seen, I've seen coaches put their female competitors on the same cycles. They put their males. Holy shit. And, and I've had these females come to me and tell me this and I'm like, Oh man, like, no, 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 that's not what we want to do. Like this is, could possibly cause like some horrible side effects. And it's just because the coach had no idea. Like they, sh they shouldn't have been coaching females in the first place. Or possibly even coaching at all. Yeah. So say, yeah. Be very careful of who you listen to, and I will tell, I as somebody that's gotten a lot of females absolutely shredded, I will tell you it does not take as much as you think. No. Mm -hmm. Like even up to like women's physique and bodybuilding levels, it does not take as much as you think. There are more. You may have to use more at a point with women's physique and bodybuilding to get to the upper levels. This is this is a true thing. I will say. But with like bikini, wellness, and figure, it is very minimal. Mm -hmm. It is a lot more based on training and nutrition. 100%. 100%. And as far as the muscle goes, just take longer to grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Why? That's that's the thing. Why are we so scared of the the long off season? Like that. That's like I see people that um, compete on a regional and even a national level that are like you know only taking what like a three four month off season and think that that was an optimal amount of time to grow the lean muscle that was asked of them last time they got feedback. Like, I'm sorry, get the fuck out of here because that's ridiculous. It takes time to put on lean mass. Like that is the truth. And when I first competed back in 2019, I tanked it. I fucked up, right? I got dead last place in both divisions. I got a really hard reality smack. Like I did not, I think we reiterated this on the last time I was on this podcast, but I just didn't understand what it took to be good at this okay and then Mm -hmm. so the next for the next year and a half i worked my ass off and i you know trained with intensity and i ate my meals and i did what my coach told me to do for one and a half years that's how long my freaking off season was and then i got back up on stage after again listening to my coach all of prep to get the conditioning i needed where i did not hardly use really a lot of anything yeah. to get to where I needed to be. Um, and my feedback for uh, Junior USA's um, when I got my pro card last year was my conditioning was actually pretty good. Now, of course, everyone can always just probably stand to get a little bit more conditioned. I definitely could have. Mm-hmm. But for what they were looking for, my conditioning was good. And I got my card and again, didn't use really a lot of anything in order to reach that you know goal. Um but again, it only took me a year and a half. I took that long off season and it paid off, you know, in dividends when I finally got back up on the, on the stage. So yeah. your my coach season, is, your coach my, is really handsome. So. He's all right. But my season started like when I started competing last uh, year, it was my first show was April 2nd. Mm-hmm. My season ended May 14th. Um, so it was only like what? Uh, technically like a six week season, if you don't really count my prep because I started Mm -hmm. prep back in December, but a six week season that I spent freaking like a year and a half, almost two years by that time preparing for Yeah, that six week season. I spent two years preparing for, but again, it paid off handsomely. And so now I'm at, you know, what is it like, uh, just a little over a year into this off season after, well, improvement season rather after I got my card, um, and I'm gearing up again to have been off stage for about a year and a half before I get back up on stage again. And I'm hoping it'll pay off big time, you know, this, this go around, it but it's all about taking that time off from stage and eating the food. You know, we've already talked about how much food I eat on a daily basis. My mm-hmm. face, in my opinion, is round as hell right now. And it shows, but also I'm moving a lot of weight in the gym. I'm putting on the lean mass I need to in order to be competitive when I get up on that stage again next year you know yeah it's it's a game of patience you know yeah. I, I think and that's why you've been rewarded for it because you've paid your dues day in day out and you're taking the time off that you need yeah um, but it, it, again we're in a place of instant gratification where people want to continue and that's what i don't necessarily understand is like if i listen you do a show you don't place that great whatever it may be and you're like i'm going to come back i'm going to prove something Okay, if you come back and you try to prove something after a very short improvement season, whatever you want to call it, and you place relatively the same, somewhere in your brain it should click, okay, I didn't spend enough time improving, I should spend more time improving. But then these people come back again and again and again and again. I'm like, dude, like, 
getting, I mean, like I've placed poorly and it's not a fun feeling and I never want to do it again. So I'm going to take at least a year to improve to hopefully prevent that from ever happening again. But like when you're just habitually getting on stage time and time again to get seventh place, what is that worth? Right. Like you're losing money and it, it, what is it at that point? Is it just like physique hubris? Like, are we really just that just like, so, you know, seeing ourselves through a rose colored glass that we really think, you know, we're God's gift to bodybuilding that we can take that two month off season and come back again and get up on stage looking exactly the fucking same and expect a different outcome. No, because that's just not how the sport works. It's a game of time. I get a lot of people that contact me and, you know, I will tell them what it honestly will take for them to get up on stage. And I'll be like, Hey, I think you should work with me for about six months to a year first, maybe even longer. And then we can look at a possible start of a prep. Lots of people don't like to hear that, Mm -hmm. but the ones who listen to me and do that always are like, man, I'm so glad you said that this has been so worth it. And at first, you know, there, there's been some times where I've had a competitor and they're like, Hey, do you think I'm ready to prep yet? And I think I'm like, no, I think you need about three or four more months here before we have the size. And now they're in prep and they're like, and I asked them the other, I asked one the other day that went to the opposing clinic and, you know, she's been with me for quite a while now and she's 13 or 12 weeks out from her first show. And I was like, Hey, was it worth it? The extra time? And she was like, yeah, you were right. You were right. She's like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Well, I got asked on a Q and a earlier this week, if I've had anybody on my team who was wanting to compete, who I didn't think would do well. And I said, no, because in the screening call that I have, I will tell somebody if if we're talking about competing, the timeline in which I think we'll be ready to start looking at shows. And a lot of times it's discouraging and they just don't end up on my team, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just take the people who are patient and say, like I've got a bunch of girls right now who've been with me for six months and we're looking at shows either late this year or early next year, and they are entirely okay with it because I tell them the same thing. Like, you are going to step on stage basically naked, okay, in front of a lot of people. Do you want to look really great or really bad? Super simple. In order to, like, the time that I have from now until we start prep, I can make you as great as I can. And the longer you wait, the better I can make you to get you prepared to put you in the most advantageous position when you get on stage. So let's just, again, and I keep, I say this every fucking time, if you love the process, you will wait because Mm -hmm. the process is always occurring. We are in the process, right? So just wait and that's okay. The stage will always be there, you know? Also, with with the person that asked you that question, I just want to say, like, the way Tyler and I do things, and I know the way Chris does things, too, is we wouldn't put a, an athlete up on stage that we thought was going to do poorly because – yeah. What the what the what the hell? Because that reflects not only poorly on us, but well, not excuse me, poorly on our competitor because they didn't do well, but it also reflects poorly on us because it makes us look like we a don't know what we're doing and aren't responsible enough to recognize that maybe someone won't be ready in time and then push them back or pull them out entirely. Like mm-hmm. we're our goal is to let you get up there looking the best that you can. And we will never put someone on stage if we don't think they're going to be ready in time. Cause that's just not fair. It's not fair. So, yeah. So sit, take that for what you will. Whoever asked that question. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things like, I don't know if they a minute from like a conditioning standpoint or just like a genetic physicality standpoint, but like I'll have that conversation with somebody. If I'm like, Hey, this might take, a couple of years to put you where you need to be. But then I remind people, like I trained for nearly seven years before I prepped for a show and stepped on stage and I ended up winning my first show. So it obviously paid off for me. It's like, 
again, if you are excited and you love the process and everything else, like nothing's going to change as far as that goes. Like obviously like working with me, the literal plan might change, but like you're, if you love bodybuilding and you're a bodybuilder now for the next two years before you step on stage, you're still going to be a bodybuilder. You're still right. improving right before we just diet you for a show. See, whenever I'm looking to prep somebody, it is for their first show, especially it is mostly from a, how they look structurally. Mm -hmm. I, I completely understand, you know, somebody's first show ever, they may not get the full conditioning that they were required, but they also have the opportunity to, you know, do true novice, novice, open, and there's mm -hmm. levels to this shit, you know, sure. you know, but so I always tell people though, if I'm going to prep you, I want to make sure that you're going to at least be competitive. We don't want to put you up on stage when you have no muscle mass whatsoever. You're, you know, haven't taken the time to actually grow. And it's the same thing with like, you know, putting somebody on peds. Like I have females that contact me and they're like, should I start this yet? And I'm like, no, it's not the best time. Like I would take, you know, more time to go ahead and build a physique naturally first before you even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm just in a position where I don't, I'm still squeamish to have those conversations about peds with any of my girls. Like, so all the girls that I've prepped have been natural you know, up to this point. And like, I've also only had top five finishes and I'm very happy about that because it's not necessarily something that I want to introduce somebody to if I don't need to. And like I said, I know how to prep people without it right now. So why should I? Granted, I've only worked with like bikini and wellness girls. Now, if I was working with like a women's physique girl, it might be a different conversation, but I haven't had to have that conversation myself yet. Right. So it's not something I've necessarily had to worry about. But again, like we always talk about, this is a game of patience and people are impatient. Definitely. And I also think that um, age should be considered too when we're discussing yeah. like putting females on any sort of PED. Um, I think that there there is a point where it is too young. Okay. I have a lot of girls contacting me right now because of my client, Claire, who did well at uh, Battle at the River back in June. Shout out Claire. Mm -hmm. Um and these girls are like 19, 20, you know, and that is not an age that I myself in particular, but also any other coach should ever be comfortable with putting a young female like that on any sort of anabolic. Yeah, that is so, negligent. And let's go back to like Claire's natural. So like, right, exactly. So let's just, again, let's say it like 10 more times Claire's natural. So don't compare yourself to Claire and think that you have to be on PEDs because Claire actually isn't even on PEDs, right? Correct. Yeah, she was 19 when she competed at Battle at the River and she turned 20 a week after. Like that girl is so young. I'm not going to be so, you know, ridiculous and irresponsible to try and put anybody that young on any sort of performance enhancing anything. That's ridiculous. Let them see what their natural capability is first, first of all. Let them see if they love this enough to want to do it. You know, let them see if they love this enough to do it. Like that's what I did with one of my athletes last year. He had discussed using PDs. I was like, let me put you on stage to see if you even enjoy being on stage first before we even think about doing anything. Right. Why put that yeah, why put that stress on your body if you're not even gonna stick with this in the first place because no just like walking around person needs to be on anything no yeah, not like that not. you know that's just silly so try it out first dip your toe in as it were and figure out if you're going to stick it out for the long haul at the very least but also age up to it if you are young age up to it if you are under you know the age of like 23 24 even yeah. you don't really need to do that See what you're capable of. Train hard and eat your damn food. Amen. Get your blood work done. Find a good yeah. coach.
That's right. Yeah. Make sure your, your hormones are optimized. So go to like a hormone clinic, shall to optimize you and mm -hmm. get your, get your blood checked. Make sure your hormones are fine. Just see where they're, they're at. Cause there's even natural supplements, you know, OTC that you can get to help regulate some stuff. If it's even slightly off, like clinical labs, estrogen metabolizer or clinical labs, thyroid optimizer, yeah. things like that, you know, there are a lot of resources out there. And like we always say too, like feel free to message any of us. I would say in, in this case, in this realm, I would say go to Tyler and Laura first um, with questions. You know, ultimately like, yes, we do all have coaching businesses here, but we're also people who care about people and we will be happy to answer questions for you um, and do your homework. You should know what these things are and the risks that come with them. And that's ultimately yeah. what we're here to educate about. So um, sure. any, any closing statements of wisdom, Ty Ty? Uh, no, I think we just need to reiterate the, the importance of checking blood work first before you start anything, because you may be able to get results just by optimizing your natural hormones mm -hmm. before anything else. It, it may not be something that's, you know, you may not even be ready for performance enhancing drugs if your testosterone levels are zero you know it may be something where you may need to even females too trt is very important mm -hmm. and a lot of females will go and get their blood work done and their test levels are you know extremely low and that could be something that needs to be addressed first and could be enough yeah, yeah. i would say in 99% of cases for male or female, go get your blood work done to answer a lot of unknown questions because you can't feel if hormones are imbalanced. Um, I did have a girl try to tell me one time she can feel when her thyroid was off. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. But anyways, get your blood work done and have a, a moment of self-assessment of if your training is where it needs to be, if your nutrition is where it needs to be. And obviously like invest in a ethical reputable coach first and see how far you can go with that before even considering just popping Anavar or whatever bullshit you may want to, right? There's a lot of things that can be done. And again, people don't oh, want right, to guys. accept it as I the truth. about that. We did hit the it. end of our recording limit with WebEx. Um, hopefully in the near future, this is something we will not have to worry about anymore. Um, I want to thank Laura for taking time out of her day to be on this episode if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to any of us about those. Obviously, as we've said before, any topics that you'd love for us to discuss, please let us know. Leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify, as we actually just hit 75-star reviews on Spotify, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, we love and appreciate you guys, and I thank you all for the support. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is the coolest shit ever, and we love to be able to educate as much as we possibly can. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Modcast.